0: Church, when are we going to wake up and realize there's a world full of people who are hurting, who have real issues, and we have the real answer? Come on, somebody. The devil is working overtime lying about it, so let's take some time to tell the truth about it today. Y'all ready? All right. I love what Lester Sumrall said years ago. He made a profound statement. He said, "Our culture is obsessed with sex, but they have absolutely no understanding of what it means." <laughs> so here's today's question: Is it okay to have sex if we love each other? I've also been asked this question this way: Is it okay if we plan on getting married? <laughs> Two questions, one answer. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1, it says, Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Come on, y'all humor me. Say it out loud. Say, It is good for a man not to touch a woman. And guys are listening right now thinking, I really hate this church. (laughs) It's good for a man not to touch a woman I've seen a lot of Bible verses on bumper stickers, on calendars, on t-shirts, on uh, notebooks and and, and bookmarks I've seen Bible verses on Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest, but I've I've never seen this one posted anywhere (laughs) Isn't that interesting? And today and next Sunday, we're going to talk about S-E-X, okay? Because whether you admit it or not, this is something that affects all of us. And before you get all holy and tell me that you have nothing to do with sex, it has no effect on you, let me ask you something, baby, how do you think you got here? Unless you were born in a major Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, there was some hippity gibbity, hoppity hoppity wappity going on for you to get here. Sexuality affects all of us. And that was not the devil's doing. It was God's idea. It was God's faith. God created mankind in His image. Male and female, the Bible says. And when the two come together, God blesses that and they produce life. Listen to what God told Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, 28. He says, "He blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Well, how fruitful do you need to be? He said, fill the earth. <laughs> and Adam said, challenge accepted. Sex is a blessing from God, and it is good. And to get the kids' church to go out those two doors and take a last. All right, let's go and look back at 1 Corinthians 7. It says, concerning the things of which you wrote to me. It's good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own life, and let each woman have her own husband. Today we're going to look at two things that we have in common with the people that the Apostle Paul was writing to here in 1 Corinthians. Two things. Number one, we all have issues. We all have issues. Welcome to Generation Turns. We make you feel real good about yourself. Come on, do me a favor. You you might enjoy this. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you've got issues. Now, be honest and admit to them, come on, look at them and tell them, I've got issues too. (laughs) There you go. We've got a lot of honest people in the house today. We all have issues. There, We all have areas of brokenness, areas where we struggle, areas of doubt. We all have issues that we're facing, and you need to know that God cares about your issues. Last week, I told you I like First Corinthians because it's just like our asking for a friend series. The church at Corinth was a, a group of young believers, and they literally wrote a list of questions and sent it to the Apostle Paul. And First Corinthians is his letter back to them. And how many of you know if? if Your kid asks you, Daddy, how do you get ink off the wall? The first thing you do is you don't answer that question. You immediately get down to the real issue. And that's what the Apostle Paul does with the church at Corinth. They ask him these questions, but he spends six whole chapters dealing with their issues before he even gets to their questions. Okay, for example, in chapter 5, he heard that a man was sleeping with his father's wife. Look what he says, 1 Corinthians 5 1. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and of a kind that even the pagans don't tolerate. That's man. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. In chapter 6, he, he talks about people hooking up with prostitutes. First Corinthians 6 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Apparently, they had some big issues, y'all. Apparently, there was widespread prostitution. According the to Paul, heard that some of the church folks were going to see these prostitutes and not to invite them to church. If you know what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They had issues. It is the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, takes six whole chapters, the first part of his letter, to deal with their issues before he answers their questions. You know what that tells me? God cares about your issues. Come on, tell somebody, God cares about your issues. Come on, tell them, God cares about my issues. God cares about the struggles in your life and the issues that you're facing. God is not interested in us coming in here on a Sunday and playing church and being happy and smiling while we're here and then walk out of those doors and go back to being miserable. God cares about your issues and he wants to address them and deal with them. Jesus said Jesus had a way of dealing with people's issues. He, he loves people enough to confront them over their problems. <laughs> I don't know where this concept of Jesus came from that he's some hot smoking hippie cranks and throwing up peace signs everywhere. Jesus was a man's man. <laughs> Y'all need to read the Bible for yourself. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. I came I to pick a fight. <laughs> Jesus drew the line in the sand and said, "Right is right and wrong is wrong." And he was not afraid to tell people he got some issues. He dealt with people where they were struggling. If you don't believe me, read the Bible. I did. <laughs> not only did Jesus answer the questions, but he addressed their issues. I think about John chapter four with the woman at the well. She came to Jesus with a question. She said, "Jesus, where should we worship?" But the issue is not where we worship. The issue is who we worship. (laughs) Her question was where should we worship? But her issue was that she was living with man she wasn't married to. And Jesus said, no, no, let's talk about that first. Come on, tell somebody, God cares about your issues. So Paul deals with the issues, Then in chapter 7, he starts to answer the questions. Here's the question that somebody said to Paul, is it okay for me to stay single? Instead of getting married, Paul says, yeah, yeah, it's okay. In verse 20, he says, that's what you want to do? That's fine. Concerning the things which he wrote to me is good for a man not to touch a woman. Paul isn't saying you're better, you're better if you do or you're better if you don't. He's simply saying that it's okay. It's good if that's what you want to testify. It's good. Now, there's a verse in the Bible. A lot, a lot of single people like to quote and It's Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, it is not good that man should to be alone, I will make him a helper comparable to him. Somehow people interpret this Bible verse to mean that if you're not married and you're alone, that's not good. But that's not what the Apostle Paul said. You can be single and still not be alone. You can have a church family. You can have deep friendships. In fact, when you're single, you can have friendships on a level that married people can. There some advantages to being single. You can have opportunities that married people don't get and have forgotten even exist. (laughs) So many single people have the wrong attitude. If I just get married, all my problems will go away. Survey says, (laughs) you don't know problems until you get married. (laughs) You think marriage is going to fix your issues? No, baby, it's going to amplify your issues. Each season has its strength, and each season has its struggles, and there will be strengths and struggles either way, single or married. If you're in a season of being single, that's okay. You're good. You're not some half-baked person. You are not a freak. You are good. Amen. Come on, doesn't matter. You're good. Okay? If you're a virgin, that's great. You're good. Amen. My wife and I, we have never known anybody else. On our wedding night, we didn't know what went where, but we figured it out <laughs> pretty fast. <laughs> so if you want to be single, that's good. <laughs> that's a lot of you good. I lost about half of you <laughs> That's the message for the singles. You ain't got to practice, baby. You'll figure it out real fast. <laughs> Paul says if you want to be single, it's good. I plan to do this sermon while my life was a kid since He <laughs> said, if you want to be single, it's good. It and it is good. But it's not easy. Look at verse 2. It says, nevertheless, the cost of sexual immorality. let each man have his own life, and each woman have her own husband. Number one, we all have issues. Number two, God still has a standard. God still has a standard Paul says there is sexual immorality going on. If there is a such thing as sexual immorality, that means there's a such thing as sexual morality. All sex is not bad, and all sex is not sinful. I've heard too many Christians tell their parents, sex, or too many parents tell their children, "Sex is dirty. Sex is wrong. Sex is bad. Sex is awful. So stay to your marriage." Uh, the world thinks Christians aren't getting any, so they don't want anybody else to get any. <laughs> that is not the case. Sex is not the devil's idea. It's God's idea, and it's meant to be a blessing. And God established the standard of how to do it right. Because, truthfully, it is a good thing. Think about it. The devil wasn't smart enough to invent sex. In fact, the devil never invented anything. He takes the good things that God makes, and he perverts them. Did you hear me? The made, devil never made anything. He takes the good things that God created and he twists them and perverts them to hurt people. Sex is God's idea it's meant to be a blessing. But God set the standard of how to do it. He Hell's theme song is I did it my way. You want to be blessed and prosper and live? You've got to do it God's way. God set the standard for all sex. In 1 Corinthians 7-2, Let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. That's what we believe. That's our official position as the church. nothing less and nothing more. If you want to know where we stand, this is where we stand. If you're a man, the Bible says you can have a wife. If you're a woman, the Bible says you can have a husband. Verse 37, I'll read it again just for Let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Well, I don't have a wife, and you don't, don't get to have sex yet. <laughs> I don't have a husband. <laughs> but he said he's going to marry me. Nope, that doesn't count either. <laughs> you want the blessing without the covenant. And it's as simple as that. You might not like it, but it's not complicated. I know this message doesn't make you feel good, and I'm I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm I'm here to help you live right. And the right way to live is not up for debate, because God has not changed. It is not up to popular culture or Hollywood. It is not determined by Bruce Jenner or Kim Kardashian. It is not determined by a politician, a professor, or a pastor of a church. Is determined by the one who created us. Almighty God has set the standard. Let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Sex is made for husbands and wives and it is God's boundary. I'll never forget what Matt Timberlake said years ago. He said the problem in the modern church is that the single are having sex and the married people aren't. God's plan is the opposite of that. It is Sacred and it's God's blessing for married couples, and it should be enjoyed and done often. <laughs> and now the men are probably back with me. If you're married, you ought to do it just because you can. It's a blessing. He talks about it in verse three. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her, and likewise also the wife to her husband. That's talking about intimacy. Intimacy. By the way, one of man's greatest needs is sex. Did you know that? Our management ministry just doubled. <laughs> We're going to get into Maxwell's In college, I studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it starts with food, then shelter, then safety, and then sex is about halfway down the list, and I think Maslow got it wrong, y'all. <laughs> I think if most guys had to choose between food, shelter, and sex, and option three is pretty likely. His church is almost over, but if you leave now, you can make it in time for prayer. <laughs> I know some couple, well, I'm trying to help somebody. Man's greatest need is sex, and according to God, the only place he can get that need fulfilled is in marriage. Again, the problem with the modern church is the singles are doing it and the married people aren't. <laughs> Well, Pastor, how often should we be intimate? That is none of my business, and don't you ever ask me that again. That's between you and your spouse. Now, if you want to get biblical, there are examples in the Bible where married people went on a fast and did not work. they were not intimate for that period? For the longest period we see recorded in the Bible is three days. Oh, she love the word. Well, Hallelujah. <laughs> the Jewish mitzvah actually deals with the issue of sex and marriage And it talks about different occupations It talks about soldiers who are deployed and sailors And traveling merchants who have to go through seasons of cel- celibacy when they're away But for the married couples who aren't living apart The mitzvah recommends a minimum of oh, what to they? Amen, hallelujah Now that's not the Bible, it's Jewish tradition But can I get a shalom up in here? How often you come together is between you and your spouse. Now, man, she's not going to agree to every hour on the hour. And ladies, she's not going to agree to our anniversary. (laughs) Women need sex too, but for women, their sexual needs come secondary to their emotional needs. You know what that means, man? You can't be an emotional terrorist and expect her to meet your needs. You've got to serve one another and meet each other's needs. Bottom line is that God blesses sex when he's in the boundaries. I want you to look at something in the Bible with me in the book of Genesis, Genesis 2.15, It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend to it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. God, from the very beginning, established the boundaries. He told Adam, these are the boundaries. This is what you can do, and this is great, and this is where you're going to be blessed, but, but stay out of this area. He gave him the boundaries how to live. This is right, this is wrong. Eat this, not that. Now, look at the next verse, verse 18. The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Notice that God set the boundaries before he gave Adam the blessing. Take that to heart this morning. God set the boundaries before he said the blessing. God knows that if he gives you the blessing and doesn't give you any boundaries, the blessing won't be a blessing anymore. No one in this church really believes that there should be no sexual standards. All of us know somebody who's been the victim of a person who crossed sexual boundaries. people who are touched inappropriately, who are violated, who are abused. everybody agrees that there should be standards. But the problem is that we want to pick and choose what standards should be. The truth is, the standard for purity is not up to us; it's up to God. Let each man have his own wife if she's your girlfriend; she needs your wife. And let each woman have her own husband; if he's a boyfriend, he needs a husband. The standard for sexual purity doesn't come from us—not something I made up to pick on anybody. It comes from God, who created you. And if you understand his standards, you'll walk in freedom in peace and the blessings of God. When you cross those boundaries that God established, you don't break the standard. Here's what really happens. The standard breaks you. This is what you need to you know. God blesses sex inside the boundaries that God curses it outside the boundaries And I have to tell you that truth this morning because this will affect you. Hebrews 13, 4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. That was pretty clear, isn't it? There are always consequences to crossing God's boundaries. Always. God cannot lie. His word is true, and the book says that he'll judge those who are sexually immoral. Who are the sexually immoral? Anyone who operates out of God's boundaries. That includes pornography. Pornography is destroying this nation. You know what Jesus called it? Adultery. Matthew 5, 27, he said, You've heard it that it was said of those of old you should not commit adultery, but I say to you whoever looks at a woman to lust for her in his heart has already committed adultery with her. There are always consequences to sexual sin. Always. And I ain't just talking about herpes and gonorrhea and AIDS and siblings. I'm talking about consequences now and consequences in eternity. The Bible tells us that the sexually immoral will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I pray to God that you're listening to me this morning because you will not make it to heaven if you're living in unrepented sexual sin. Ephesians five, 5 says this, For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ in God. You need to know this morning the truth so you can understand the hope that Jesus offers us. If we repent and get right with God, He will cleanse us of every bit of that unrighteousness. You see, God's standard was not made to hurt us or harm us. His standard was made to protect us and to save us. God doesn't want you to suffer. God doesn't want you to come under judgment. He wants you to be blessed because God's blessings are in the boundaries. And I wish I had more time because I have a lot more to say on this subject. In fact, I have at least another hour to talk about this. But if y'all promise me you'll come back next week, I'll cut service an hour short to preach it next Sunday. How many of y'all come back next week? Okay, a few of you. All right, thank you. We'll, we'll continue this next week, but just want to share a few more things and then we'll pray. Ephesians 4.18 says this, Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the light God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. That's the culture we're living in today. Read it right off the page. Listen, when you live your life to satisfy your own lust, your own selfish desires, the Bible says you're missing out on the life that God gives. Don't settle for the cheap counterfeit, for the quick fix. Don't settle for the thrill of the moment when God wants you to experience the thrill of a lifetime. When you live to satisfy lust, you're missing out on the life that God's planned for you. This is God's plan. It's not all that stuff that the world says. God's plan for you is a life of intimacy with another person, a life of purity and a relationship built on trust. God wants you to live free from the fear of getting caught or looking over your shoulder or living with guilt and regret every day of your life. God wants something far better than the cheap thrills that the enemy offers. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't been doing this the right way. Maybe you can find yourself way in the other direction. You've been living outside of God's boundaries. I've got good news for you this morning. There is a way back. The Bible says that the arm of the Lord is not short, that he cannot save. And if you've gone way, all the way in the other direction, if you've gone all the way down to the bottom of the pit, God is able to reach you and to rescue you out of that lifestyle today. If you repent, turn turn away from doing things your way and put your faith in God to do it His way. He offers His grace to restore you and help you along the way. I love what Romans 5.20 says, we're, we're, But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The fullness of God is far greater than the fullness of this world. Repent and turn away from sin. and Follow Jesus your life will never be the same. You say, Pastor, I didn't plan on doing all this today. You didn't, but God did. Today is your day for a new beginning. It's time to follow Jesus, to walk away from wrong decisions and wrong relationships, to cut off those things that are pulling you down, to remove those areas of temptation in your life, to let God help you live in the boundaries and in the blessings. Turn to Jesus and He will set you free. He will restore you and you can experience the life that God intended. 1 John one9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God offers forgiveness to sinners and healing to the hurting. It is unreal how many women and men have been sexually abused in our nation. Maybe that's been your experience with sex. Maybe it was outside of God's boundaries and you've been hurt, you've been scarred, you've been wounded. God wants to bring healing to your life today. And it's not a simple flip of a switch. It's not an instant thing, but healing starts by being honest with God and giving Him your heartache and pain and letting Him bring healing to your life. We say this morning as we take a moment to pray and as the worship team comes, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. God, I thank you that there is a way back for those who are living outside of your standards. Lord, I'm finding courage in the Scriptures when it says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us has wandered outside of your boundaries. And Lord, I thank you that in your great love and your mercy and your compassion, those who are living outside of the boundaries, you're calling into yourself today. You're calling them home, back to the place of blessing, back to the place of hope and peace and freedom. God, I pray, Lord, that in this moment they would open their hearts and answer that call today, that they would surrender their lives to you, that they would put their life in your hands today. And Heavenly Father, as we continue to pray here in your presence, God, I pray for those who have been wounded and those who have been hurt. God, I thank you. Lord, that you are still the healer. That healing is who you are. You told Israel, I am the Lord who heals you. And Father, I thank you for your healing touch and your healing presence today. God, that you are touching and restoring broken lives like only you can. What man cannot do, you can do. What's impossible for us to do, Lord, you can do. And I thank you that you have the power to bring healing and restoration to lives this Thank you for your healing presence in this place today. Thank you, Jesus. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, now's your moment and now's your time. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer, but pray it with all of your heart. Put your faith in, this, in Him this morning and watch what He can do. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent, I turn away from that sin. And I turn to you, forgive me, Jesus, set me free, be the Lord of my life, help me to live life your way, in the boundaries, in the blessings, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Will you lift your hands for a moment, let's continue to just reverence the presence of God today. Lord, I thank you for your healing power in this place.